was great, and thank you very much. I want to put in my order for another song, so start working on uh, that uh, right now, and we'll get you guys back up here again. Sounded wonderful, and praise the Lord uh, for that. First Timothy chapter number six tonight. First uh, Timothy in chapter number six. Uh, just kind of a, uh, not a play off of where we were at today earlier, uh, but kind of a continuation with the thought uh, that uh, is dealing with. Uh, our um, self-sufficiency, and what I mean by that is not being um, de- you know, independent from God, uh, but there is a peace uh, and a sufficiency, a contentment uh, is the word that we'll pick up here in 1 Timothy chapter number 6 uh, in a moment that deals with, uh, with where we need to be uh, in our, our lives uh, and how uh, we as Christians... Uh, should deal with the changing circumstances uh, of life in general. Uh, But we are making application, of course, today uh, to uh, all of the difficulties that we're going through in relation to uh, COVID, uh, as well as uh, just uh, difficulties, just a lot of stuff that's happening. Uh, Don't want to rehash all of those things today. But Timothy, uh, 1 and 2 Timothy as a Bible verse, in fact, uh, standing, as uh, the young people sang about, uh, just a moment ago, uh, we learn a lot about uh, the fact that we are to stand on the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, uh, as a, uh, from First uh, and Second Timothy in the charges that uh, Paul himself was giving to his son in the faith uh, in a pastoral epistle, which we read here. Uh, and uh, Paul, I believe, uh, my own personal uh, opinion as I read these letters, remember, Not all the Bible is written to us, but all of it's written for us. It's profitable. We learn that in these epistles. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So Paul, as he, under inspiration of God, wrote a letter to Timothy. I believe that he, Paul, had some of Timothy's needs in mind as he's writing a letter. Remember, he's writing a letter to him. Uh, and I believe Paul observed in Timothy uh, a um, tendency or tendencies for indolence, uh, laziness, um, uh, also a, a potential uh, tendency uh, for shrinking from conflict. That's why we have him uh, imploring Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier. Uh, a, a list of things as you read through these letters uh, as he's encouraging him, do this and do this, don't do that. Uh, and we find in chapter number six, uh, a, a, uh, a part of this is, is Paul's encouragement to him to not be uh, like those who uh, would treat godliness uh, or say that gain is godliness. All right, so let's begin reading in verse number one of chapter number six. The Bible says, let us Many servants, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful, uh, beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness. Now, let me stop there for a second. Uh, the scriptures, these, especially the epistles of Paul, uh, deal with the idea of godliness uh, and explain throughout many of the letters 
what godliness is. We're focusing in on uh, godliness as he describes it uh, here in this passage, but this is not the only passage where godliness uh, is, is taught about. Uh, and uh, the grace of God uh, that's given us is, is given and helps us to deny ungodliness. All right? So uh, preaching about godliness, denying ungodliness, preaching for uh, righteousness and what God wants us uh, to put on uh, as a new creature in Christ uh, and the things that we're against. All those things are stuff that we're supposed to preach on, that we're to agree with, uh, and, then, uh, and then teach others. As he told Timothy, you're faithful, I want you to teach others. Uh, faithful men also uh, is the, uh, the testimony uh, that he gives or the direction that he gives, rather, uh, Timothy. He says in verse 4, he is proud, speaking of these who, who preach and teach these other doctrines uh, which are not according to godliness. Those who have, who have taken the grace of God and turned it into lasciviousness. Uh, those who have basically rested the scriptures uh, and are preaching and teaching them for their own personal gain. Uh, the hirelings, uh, if you will, those who uh, were perverting, those, uh, perverting the word of God. He is proud, verse 4, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings. Uh, I was reading uh, in a, um, uh, not, not wasn't a blog post, uh, but something like that, uh, of a, uh, a preacher, uh, he, he must be some type of a big wig, uh, in, uh, or was at least in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, and uh, everybody's just, they're all fighting about different things. And, uh, but this fella just went off on uh, some uh, tangents uh, about some social injustices. Uh, and in really what, I'm, uh, what I saw in all of that uh, was doting about questions and strife. Uh, and uh, disputing and hashing out things uh, that uh, shouldn't be disputed. Now, there are evils. There are uh, difficulties, problems, sin that we preach against, things we're supposed to stand for and against. Uh, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't ever, uh, um, you know, be vocal about that on those forums. I do it all the time, all right? Uh, and uh, so, you know, I'm not saying don't do that because you, you do it all the time. It makes some of you mad uh, that I do it. Uh, and, uh, but I, I, I simply do it because you don't, all right? I just say the things that, that you don't say, uh, and I say them, and then I take the heat for them. So I'm doing you all a service <laughs> uh, in, uh, in those things. Perhaps not. Uh, but, uh, but I'm just going to believe that uh, when I do it. I just, I'm just doing it for you uh, so you don't have to have uh, your family members and whatever angry uh, at you. Uh, you can just uh, share my posts uh, to them uh, and then blame me for uh, if they get angry. All right. Uh, so uh, he, uh, this fella, was just going off about this. And really what people were saying, a lot of them were, you know, uh, you know I, had a, I was okay with you when you were expositorily preaching or exposing scriptures, but uh, now you've gone off into these weird areas. Uh, and what it had done was ruined his testimony. And what Paul was trying to encourage Timothy to do uh, was not be like them. Not be like those that, that have these doting questions and strife. Uh, verse 5, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. God says to withdraw yourself from those types of individuals. So you say, well, who are those individuals? 
Um, uh, I could say this with probably 100% accuracy, not even knowing uh, everybody who preaches uh, on those channels, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, TBN uh, and a lot of the preachers on there uh, are prosperity preachers. Uh, and the Word of God uh, teaches us uh, against that uh, and that we're to withdraw ourselves. So when I, as a pastor, would say, uh, you ought not watch so-and-so or buy their books or whatever, um, there's, there, there isn't even this whole kind of eat the meat and spit out the bones philosophy that we should have. It should just be to withdraw yourself. Just don't even, just don't even go there. Don't even look at it. Don't read it. Uh, it's uh, to, to do this because uh, gain is not godliness. In fact, a lot of the people uh, that I've seen in my life who were Christ-like individuals uh, were people who, uh, who radiated a, a godliness. Uh, they, they, were, they lived or abided um, in their life in an atmosphere of joy, uh, in peace and purity and love. And, uh, and uh, they loved people and uh, they seemed to have like a childlike trust uh, in God. Uh, and many of them uh, were poor. Uh, they didn't have anything. Uh, a lot of times they were saintly um, uh, older women uh, that were in uh, uh, my life uh, at the time, and they just loved Jesus, they loved life, uh, and they didn't, they didn't live it uh, with all of the trappings in things that, that we do. Uh, I was just thinking uh, the, uh, the other day about, like, say, cutting stuff. Let's say finances dropped out and you had to cut some things. And, you know, and cutting the Internet would be a hard thing. Uh, and uh, for a lot of people today, uh, people sometimes will cut off their, you know, television or cut off different things. And, uh, but we become so dependent uh, upon a lot of the technology and things today. Uh, but, you know, there's some people that could care less. They could care less about the Internet and care less about those things. And, uh, and, uh, and usually uh, they are contented people uh, who just, uh, just love the Lord. Uh, and again, most of them actually you know, poor. And if they're not poor, uh, they just uh, live modestly. They're, they're humble. They're holy. Uh, they're happy. Uh, and, uh, and they're just um, oftentimes uh, you know, um, unsophisticated. And what I mean by that, they're unworldly. Uh, they're not, they're not, they haven't bought into the worldliness to the level that we have. And there's an innocency about that. Uh, a, uh, a, when I say uh, unsophisticated, that's what I mean. Uh, they're, 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 they don't know. Uh, they'll be like, you know, what's a, what's a tweet? All right. Uh, and in uh, uh, that type of a thing. So uh, those are the type of people that I have seen in my life. Uh, and those, by the way, are some of the people who are, uh, are examples to me uh, and, and, and really uh, people that I want to, uh, in many respects, uh, follow and emulate. In, uh, in, our, in fact, uh, much of uh, what, uh, again, our difficulties come from our thought life, like I mentioned this morning, uh, and those are driven by uh, the Internet and media and television and other types of things. Uh, and, uh, and really, there's, in fact, there's a preacher uh, that, uh, that he, every single day, uh, he'll come out, he basically, uh, he takes all the news <laughs> uh, and he filters through it. And then he writes a newsletter every day with all the, the news uh, and it and absolutely just saves time. Uh, and, uh, and I, a lot of times, I just read what he writes about the news instead of reading the news itself. 
uh, because he has, he has probably gone through all of the levels of emotion and filtered it all right down just to give it to me uh, in a way that won't ruin my day. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, I love it. You know, I'll, uh, afterwards, I'll tell you who uh, that is. You might want to uh, get the newsletter and things as well. So Paul says um, you need to avoid people, uh, preachers, uh, Christians, uh, who believe that gain is godliness. All right. Uh, and then he flips it in verse 6 and says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and uh, certain that we can carry nothing out. And I, and I referenced in brief, uh, not quoting these verses this morning, uh, we're to be content with the food and raiment that God gives us. Uh, and, uh, and then he lists out a number of things to beware of. Two, uh, Timothy uh, tells him the love of money is the root of all evil. And I love, I love hearing people talk about this stuff. Whenever, uh, whenever they, you know, someone checks them on, you know, their materialism, uh, they, they quote, well, it's not, it's not having money, it's the love of money. Uh, I mean, we, got it, we have it all figured out. I mean, we really do. We've got all the one-liners. Uh, we know just how to deflect uh, whenever we're called on stuff. And, and uh, my favorite one, of course, is uh, with, uh, uh, I love getting called on uh, eating too much. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about, like, gluttony or whatever. And uh, we, uh, we uh, as Christians, um, really struggle with some of the principles uh, that the Bible uh, teaches, and, uh, and then we can just basically dismiss it. We've got lists of Bible verses that we can use to combat other Bible verses. Uh, and, uh, and we've become really, really, really good at it. Uh, so he says to him, there's some that have coveted after, uh, they've erred from the faith. And so those people who are doing all those things, who are living that way, thinking that gain is godliness and a list of things that, that Paul has listed out for uh, Timothy, uh, he says to them, they've erred from the, the faith and have pierced themselves through uh, with many sorrows. He says, but thou, O man of God, uh, he says that, and by the way, that is a, uh, I guess, a, uh, a title or a, it's, a, it's a very expressive word uh, that uh, is being used there for him. Uh, but it really, by way of application, applies to all of us who love the Lord, who live faithfully to the Lord. Uh, it's not just something that, um, here's a list of things for preachers. You know, he says, oh, thou man of God. This is talking about faithful men or women uh, by way of application because all the Bible is for us. So it's not as a dispensationalist uh, or rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, you can't look at this passage of scripture or any of them really uh, and, uh, and excuse away or divorce yourself from any application. So this is for everyone, not just Timothy, not just me as a preacher or other men of God. Uh, that uh, with that title, uh, this is applied to everyone. He says, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight uh, of faith uh, and uh, lay hold on eternal life where thou art called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. And, uh, and, and continues on with uh, that and then charges them who are rich uh, in this world, not to be high-minded, uh, that they lay up store uh, in heaven. And then tells Timothy uh, at the end of uh, the epistle, uh, of course, there's another letter that he writes to him. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid, uh, uh, avoiding profane and vain babblings, 
and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Uh, and, uh, and there was a little bit of that uh, in my preaching this morning, uh, but uh, there is a lot of opposition, uh, science, knowledge, that opposes the Word of God that in fact isn't truth, uh, it isn't science, and we're to oppose it, all right? Opposing oppositions of science, falsely so-called, that opposition that comes our way, we're to combat that and fight that. It's apologetics. It's defense of the faith. Uh, and, uh, and really, uh, I'm, as, uh, as a person, not as a pastor or Christian or whatever, uh, I just, uh, I really, at this time in my life, uh, I don't want to soft soap stuff. Uh, I'm just going to tell people, if somebody tells me something that's not true, I'm going to say, that's not true. That's just not truth. Uh, you, don't, you don't get your own sets of truths and facts. Uh, it's either true or it's untrue, all right? And uh, not half truths or whatever. And so when people say nonsense things or t- say things to me that just aren't true, uh, I'm just not going to go like, well, well, you know, we can just agree to disagree. I'm going to go, no, time out, you're wrong. That is, is, is not true. That is a lie. What you're saying is a lie. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just not going to accept that. Uh, here's the truth. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. If they don't want to hear it anymore, then they don't got to hear it anymore. But I'm tired uh, of listening to lies uh, and then just taking them on the chin uh, for the sake of, uh, of testimony. It doesn't make any sense when the Word of God itself tells you to combat it and to stand up against it uh, and, to, and to withdraw ourselves from those type of people. So we learn from uh, this uh, some things about uh, the man of God, or again, it applies to everyone. Uh, a man of God, a Christian, is somebody who belongs to God, uh, who's dedicated to God, who finds in God, uh, rather than riches, uh, his true possession. That's what the man of God is. Uh, somebody who lives for the glory of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore ye eat uh, or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to uh, the glory of God. Our lives are to be lived to bring glory to Him. So to the great dishonor of Christianity, there are, there are many professors uh, and even preachers of the, the gospel who are more intent uh, on promoting their own temporal interests than promoting the interests of God. Uh, and in the day and age we live, uh, it's like... Um, it, it, you know, there's too much self-promotion amongst uh, ministers of the gospel, all right? Every time I go to the, the internet, it's everybody's pushing this and pushing that. And they're building their own brand. The Bible says he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, and as a pastor, I've got to fight that uh, because I, I want to say things, but I don't want to seem to be self-serving or self-promoting. Uh, I don't have books. to. I've not written any books. I, I'm not pushing and peddling, uh, you know, podcasts and this, that, and the other. But it seems like there's just a lot of preachers that that's all used. That's all used. This is products. Push their products and build their brand. Um, the Christianity that we're to live is one to where we lift him up. He increases, we decrease. Uh, and, and Paul is reminding Timothy uh, of these facts, these truths, uh, and uh, telling him, how that uh, he is to be the opposite. So he defines ungodliness and godliness in part in this passage of Scripture. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So, you know, we understand godliness uh, in brief uh, from what he has written and then I guess also, uh, I guess, you know, drawn from other uh, portions of Scripture uh, is that there's a devotion to Christ. 
uh, there is a, a life that's lived uh, in, uh, in relationship to God. We love God. We're seeking Him uh, first, His kingdom, His righteousness. He is first place uh, in our life. Uh, and, uh, and there's an affiance in God, a devotedness to God uh, in Christ. Uh, and, uh, and He connects that with contentment. He says godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, and, uh, and when we understand what this contentment is, uh, uh, there are several things for me that kind of um, that help me to understand this godliness with contentment. Um, somebody who is godly and contented uh, is someone who has a consciousness uh, that they deserve the miseries of hell. Now, here's what I mean by that. When, when I understand that Jesus saved me from hell, and that, that, that uh, like the Bible says, you know, um, you know sh- uh, shall a living man complain? Uh, in talking about the judgment of Christ, um, if I, my life, uh, you know, whether it's COVID or finances or whatever, just all this stuff, uh, if, you know, if uh, a riot came through Fredericksen and, and burned all the houses down in my subdivision, um, I, could, I, could, I could watch my house burn down uh, and, uh, and lose everything in that house, but I can remind myself of this, at least I'm not in hell. At least I'm not going to hell. Uh, there's a consciousness uh, in, our, in our minds and hearts of that very truth. That's why we say if the, if the only thing Jesus ever did for us was save us, that'd be good enough. Uh, and uh, so no person can have a devotion to Christ uh, if, uh, if he has not really uh, understood uh, the, the lot that he could have had. Uh, had uh, he not uh, been saved. Uh, and so every affliction, the Bible says, is light uh, in comparison to those things. So uh, a person who is contented uh, under the pressure of heavy calamities and problems will thank God uh, that, uh, that he's not in hell uh, and that God has saved him. And we've got, you know, uh, we can endure. That's why he tells Timothy to endure hardness uh, and to keep running that race. Uh, the trials and the difficulties that we have, they're just short-lived in comparison to eternity. Uh, and, uh, you know, the story of the rich man and Lazarus and uh, every analogy that, uh, that, that God speaks to about riches and rich men or, or, or uh, uh, living to obtain those things, uh, God warns us and warns us time and time again uh, in the Bible about that. Uh, and so there is a, a realization or a consciousness of the fact uh, that we've been redeemed uh, and, uh, and, you know, uh, I'm not uh, going to be in hell. There's a choir song. I've, I've heard uh, a lot of preachers or a lot of choirs in the South, uh, and I referenced this a couple years ago. And the whole song is basically, I'm not going to hell. Uh, and they sing that song, and it's an awesome song. Uh, I, I'm going to probably try to find uh, the music to it. Uh, and uh, why? Um, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the greatest things that you have, the greatest knowledge and truths that you can hold on to, uh, is that's, that's not where you're going. Uh, and uh, and that the contentedness that comes from that part of it, the godliness, you can't have, and I'm going to uh, reference this here in a minute, it's difficult to have contentment, uh, without godliness, godliness without contentment, uh, they're kind of like, uh, they kind of go together. 
uh, and I'll explain that as we, as we continue. Uh, but another thing that helps is, uh, uh, is a sense of, uh, I, I have in my life an infinite sense of, of obligation to God for the mercies that he has given me. I'm not going to hell, and that's a mercy. I deserve to go to hell, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's more than that. God, is, his mercies are renewed every day, uh, and, uh, and, I, and there's an obligation, an infinite obligation to God for mercies received. You can't, if you don't, and by the way, modern Christianity does not teach that. Uh, they teach, you know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard preachers, independent, fundamental Baptist preachers from pulpits say, I don't des- uh, God doesn't deserve this from me, doesn't deserve that from me. We don't owe God anything. Uh, and, uh, and, and they've got following after following. Uh, and they teach in our, our Bible colleges. Uh, and, uh, and they say basically in a nutshell uh, that you've been redeemed and saved. And you're his child. Uh, that we don't live a life of, uh, uh, of uh, obligation to him. Uh, and they just skip over scripture and passage and book, uh, books of the Bible in order to, uh, to teach and promote uh, that type of Christianity. Uh, what they say is, is that if you live that way in obligation to God, that's like it's a work salvation, and that's not what it is. It's an obligation to Him. I'm a living sacrifice. It's like they take Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, and yank it right out of their Bibles uh, and, uh, and, and then look at uh, the life of someone who just wants to, to live and please God. Uh, it's some type of uh, a life of servitude that we don't have because salvation is freely given. Uh, and they're just dead wrong. Uh, and uh, and I, have, I have suffered uh, greatly uh, amongst my um, uh, cohort, cohorts and brothers, the brethren, uh, for telling people that is nonsense. Uh, and uh, and I've, t- I've told people, if that's the kind of church you go to, that you ought to find another church to go to. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's just, uh, I have... I'm thankful that I'm saved uh, and I owe God everything. And I live my life as a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He set me free uh, and, uh, and now I serve him freely. No longer the servant of sin, uh, but a servant of righteousness. Uh, and, and the Bible is just filled with that truth. Uh, and uh, so uh, there is a godliness and contentment that that kind of helps. But also a willingness to be conformed to the image of Christ. If I'm not willing uh, to allow God to mold and shape me, and, and most of that, by the way, is pressure. If we think of the analogy of, of a potter in clay, it's pressure that he applies. And, and, and 99% of the time, it's pressure I don't want. Um, it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, God right now is teaching all of us um, lots of Christian virtue if we'll pay attention. Uh, if, if we don't just fight it or we don't ignore it. Because it's really easy to do. Because the whole world, saved and lost, are going through the same types of, of same circumstance. Uh, and but your takeaway can be entirely different than than other people. And look how God is 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 conforming and shaping you uh, into His image. And so there's this godliness uh, and uh, and a contentment that are connected uh, to one another. But there are people uh, who who boast of contentment while they're destitute of godliness. And they, 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 they believe that, you know, um, they believe uh, God has blessed them. 
Uh, they want what they have. One of the greatest ways, uh, there's a, I think it was a book, it was either in Blue, De- Blue Denim and Lace, a book by Jack Hiles or a message I heard from him or something back in the day uh, where he was preaching. He said, he, he's using analogies, he says, I love, he says, I love my suit. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is my suit. This is the suit that God gave me. He says, I don't want your suit. Uh, I'm happy with the suit that God gives me. And he described contentedness is wanting what you have, all right, uh, to the contrast of covetousness. But again, contentedness, there's two times where this word that we're reading in uh, chapter number six, uh, it's talking about a sufficiency in Christ, not just a, um, you know, uh, uh, like in Philippians 4, uh, that in whatsoever state we're in to be content. Uh, this has to do with the idea that in Christ, we have everything we need. Uh, there's a godliness and a contentment that he's telling Timothy, you got to have because Timothy was bent on not having it. And he needed to be reminded. It's why we need to be reminded. And it's why also uh, that preachers uh, that uh, have precedent in Scripture, when they see a church member that has a tendency to one thing or the other, to address it, to talk about it, to preach about it. Uh, and uh, it's important. That's why some people, you know, they'll say, hey, man, I feel like you were just preaching right to me. Uh, and uh, and um, sometimes I am. Sometimes, sometimes I'm writing out my notes and I'm thinking, brother so-and-so really needs this. And I might, in fact, if I text you and say, I hope to see you tomorrow in church, uh, you better come because uh, I'm writing something just for you uh, in, in my notes, right? So, uh, there, but there are people who boast of contentedness and they're destitute of godliness. And, uh, and, but there are also people who profess godliness uh, and, but manifest a worldly and discontented spirit. Um, they, you know, but what we have to push for, hopefully in our life, is both. Uh, a, uh, you know, knowing uh, that um, uh, God is good and, and he, he is the one who gives us uh, durable uh, riches and uh, and the contentment that comes from him. Uh, somebody wrote, wrote this, and uh, and I thought this was a great way to describe it. It says uh, in speaking of godliness, godliness is durable riches, uh, and one grain of contentment is worth a talent of gold. Let it appear, beloved, that you live under a full persuasion of these things, and that your ardor uh, in, in in passion or whatever in pursuit of heaven is accompanied with a proportionable indifference about the things of time and sense. And so there is a, there is a godliness, uh, a, a desire to, uh, to love God and to walk with God uh, and, and to have a Christian you know, piety uh, in, in, in character, in conduct, behavior that's becoming a Christian to be Christ-like uh, in the way that we speak and live and the things that we do. Uh, and it's balanced out with an indifference, uh, not like an apathy, but that when, when uh, the stock, you know, again, when the stock market falls, if you're, if you're vested and, you know, you've got a lot of your retirement and you've lost 30, 40% uh, of your retirement because of that kind of stuff. I mean, I get it, I understand it, but there's a part of you in contentedness that needs to be indifferent to the stock market that needs to be indifferent to, um, you know, whatever, the price of the dollar or, uh, or you know, price of gasoline uh, or commodity, whatever. Um, there is, I can't have my, 
uh, affection set on things above and be overly concerned with the things down here. Um, it's godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness is gain. Contentment is gain. Godliness with contentment is, was, is great gain. Uh, and, it's, and it's both of those things together. It's, it's the, a passion for God and an indifference to, to what is going on right now. So to connect that by what application to what we talked about uh, this morning uh, is we've got to seek the kingdom of God first. That's part of godliness. Uh, and again, you can go to the Bible and find all kinds of ways to describe godliness. Uh, I could question a lot of the way that we oftentimes we go to the negative, right? We say that's ungodly. We say that's not godly behavior, and we and we we point that out, uh, and uh, we don't we don't point out the positive. Uh, I think primarily because we're not looking for that in people. We always we always look for the negative in people. Uh, and uh, uh, and I, I think that we ought to, uh, we need to realize um, the potential that people have uh, in Christ and what God can do with them and then treat them to their potential. Uh, and they will live to that potential. Does that make sense? Um, instead of just constantly focusing on the negative. Because every one of us, every, every person in here is a wicked, vile sinner. Uh, and uh, we're good for nothing. Uh, and uh, and all, all we are, we're, every single one of us is a mess. And if you just, you know, so when I look at you, I'm like, they're a mess. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but they're saved, they're sinners saved by grace. Uh, and if they, if they uh, it's not that I'm saying you allow God, but there's a part of this process uh, that you, God's going to conform you, but if you're fighting him, um, he takes his hand off. Uh, and, and that's a lot of times what Christians want. Uh, they push back. That's why God says, can the, the clay say to the potter? Uh, and, and, and we just, we don't, we say no, uh, and no, and no, and then God takes his hand off, uh, and we crash and burn. It's the fruit of our own way. And of course, we, whenever that happens, we beg God to get us out of it and to help us this one last time, because uh, that's, just, that's just how we are, and God knows that. Uh, and he knows, he knows our frame uh, and he knows exactly, you know, uh, who you are and how you handle things. Uh, and, but we push back and push back. And then we, uh, we, we fall, we fail the Lord, uh, and, and we get outside of the will of God. And that's not where, where we should be. So as I look at life and try to get a grip on all of the things, the, all the social issues, all the, the pandemic uh, all financial stuff, whatever, all of that, so many things that are just barking for uh, and calling for our attention. And how do you balance it all? Um, I don't worry about it. Uh, and when I begin to, uh, the Holy Spirit nudges me. No, no. Um, and so uh, I, I, try to, I try to like, okay, Lord, am I frustrated right now or am I worried? Am I just being ornery about something or, uh, or is this a... Is this a a, a righteous thing uh, that I should be standing against because there are things, all but myself included, uh, you know, that we say or do or uh, positions we take on things that aren't necessarily uh, a, uh, you know, a position that you can put a, hang a Bible verse on. All right. Uh, and by the way, not everything you do uh, in life uh, will allow for that. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, decisions we make or uh, principles we follow or traditions we have 
uh, that, um, you know, that, that don't. And, uh, and which is always makes me laugh when somebody who wants to fight with me about uh, my beliefs uh, or what I do, they say, show me a Bible verse for that. I'm like, I don't got to have a Bible verse for it. You know, it just, you just don't. Not every tradition has to have a Bible verse. Another message, all right? Uh, and uh, so we, uh, we uh, I don't worry uh, about what's going on or the future to that extent. When I do, uh, I repent of it uh, and I try to get straight uh, and, and not worry about it. And I, and I confess uh, that worry and, or that anxiety uh, to the Lord. Uh, and then I try not to have it the next time. Uh, or, or think about stuff, things I can't change, I just think about them a different way. People I can't change, I just think about them a different way. Things that I can't, I think about them different. Uh, and then I, just, then I set out purposely in my life to live for the Lord, to be content uh, with a contentedness that comes in connection and only through godliness. Uh, so I try to uh, live a, a, a good life, to be a good man, uh, to live the Bible and obey Scripture, uh, and uh, and have that because that's the greatest the greatest gain uh, that I can have. Uh, I'm I'm to be in this world, not of this world, uh, and uh, and there needs to be uh, a, a, a an ardent desire, uh, a desire to be close to God, and and as I develop that in my life. It will, by, by virtue of that relationship, make me indifferent uh, to the changes uh, that are taking place uh, down here. Uh, and, and that's the key. So it's not, it's, not ap- like I don't, it's not that I don't care. That's not what it is. It's just that it doesn't matter. In the, in the, in the grant, when you boil it all down, it doesn't matter. The, none of it matters. God says this is all temporal. We we have a head knowledge of that, uh, and uh, and we and we want and, and and we but we're but we're just so um, used to or dependent on worldly systems and just how everything you know how we compare ourselves and how we measure um, our lives whether it's successful or not. Uh, and, 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 and we we run that up against a standard. Uh, that is not a biblical standard, um, because really, you know, all we all we can expect uh, is food, clothing, shelter, right? Uh, and uh, and we're supposed to be good with whatever that is. Um, and 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 we're usually not, and so we got to work hard at that, and uh, because. I mean, there's just natural, like, right, if you, you know, if uh, your neighbor paints their house and they made your house look bad, now you got to paint your house. <laughs> right? That's just, that's, this, that's what we just do, right? Because it's, but, but you also, you need to be content with the house you have, but it's not, it's not an apathy or the fact that you, you, you're, you're taking no thought, like you just don't care. Uh, it's just that you're not worried or concerned. So, so you should be okay uh, with your house not being as good as or looking as nice as your neighbor's house, but it needs to come from a different place. Um, you know, when we think of covetous and contentedness, uh, that's where we struggle. Um, somebody gets a new car, you're like, man, I need a new car. 
right? Uh, and, uh, and on and on and on. Uh, and so, and it's just, it's just in our nature and you got to fight it back. Because uh, really, I'm just really, I mean, all of us, we're just camping out, really. We're, that we're just temporarily here. Everything's temporary. So, I mean, you just got, you know, we're all intense. Some tents are nicer than others, but it's really what it is. It's just, it's just here and it's temporary because uh, none of us are staying. Um, so God teaches us that we're supposed to live our life not hoarding everything uh, to, that, to that extent to where we're seeking or working, you know, seeking for riches. The Bible says labor not to be rich. So if you're a Christian, you're like, I, you know, what do you want? I want to be rich. Don't say it. Uh, and because it's nothing to brag about. God says that don't labor. Labor not to be rich. So if you're laboring to be rich, if that is your goal, I want to be rich. It's not a scriptural goal. It just isn't. Now, if you become rich and God blesses you, uh, and, you're, and it's not the love of money that gets you there, it's just the blessings of God, you're faithful and God blesses you and blesses you, and you just can't outgive, you give and give and you're generous and God pours it on you, praise the Lord, uh, bite me over uh, and buy me something nice. But, but that shouldn't be your goal. Uh, and Paul warns Timothy about that because he obviously had a tendency to some of these things. He's saying, hey, um, those, those characters that say uh, that gain is godliness, you avoid them. And you realize that godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, and uh, you, you, here's a list of stuff, do's, here's a list of don'ts, and we, and we need them. We, we need them. We need lists. Some people come to church like, oh, pastor's list. You need lists. We need to lay it all out because uh, I want to know uh, what God expects and what he wants of me. And sometimes people, I have people all the time like, man, I didn't know that. Uh, it's because we... Uh, we, we avoid it. When we start seeing those things that make us uncomfortable in the Bible, we kind of like, mm, skip over it. Those are the things like, I just don't really retain it. You don't retain it because you don't want to retain it. Uh, because when you know the truth, now it's just flat out rebellion when we don't do it. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I'll, I'll preach to Christians, new Christians, old Christians, and I'll just assume that they just don't know better. And so I'm going to present the truth, and once that truth is presented, when we don't, when we don't obey it, it's not ignorance anymore. It's rebellion, and it's a sin against God uh, to, to live and remain, to stay uh, in, that, uh, in that place. So, uh, you know, there are people who, they say they're content, they're destitute of godliness, or those who profess godliness, uh, and, uh, and, and manifest a worldly uh, type of discontented spirit. Uh, and uh, that's not where we want to profess both godliness uh, and contentment. Uh, so if we do that, or when we do that, um, we, can, we can endure the hardness that, that Paul was telling Timothy elsewhere in these epistles. You can make it through. Uh, because he says that uh, a, a good soldier doesn't concern himself with the affairs of this world. Uh, and and that's, where, that's where we're all at right now. Because the affairs of the, of the world are just, everything's messed up. And it's hard. Because even when you don't want to even, it's just there. It's just all the time. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and when, when, when you're just having a good day and just minding your P's and Q's and just thinking about heaven and how good God is, then somebody screams something at you, yells something at you, uh, and just to remind you uh, that, uh, that this world is in turmoil. You're like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and we just, there's just zero reprieve from it. Um, but, but there really is, uh, if we pursue this type of, of, of uh, chemistry of godliness and contentment, uh, and, I, and I hope that that helps you. So you seek him first, and you don't worry.